0: This is the 200 Churches Podcast. This podcast was created to provide resources and encouragement to leaders of small churches. Our mission is to encourage and equip leaders of the 94% of congregations in America under 500 members. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. I am Johnny Craig, and I'm here with uh, my colleague and friend, Jeff Cady. And uh, unfortunately, Jeff, you're feeling a little under the weather today. Isn't that right?
1: Well, not as under the weather as I felt a couple days ago. I'm a little bit on top of it, but my voice will sound different unfortunately i will try to fake it till i make it and see if it can just sound normal
0: all you ladies out there if you like what you hear in jeff's voice today let us know because we can make sure that he he drops the timbre more often that was uncalled for (laughs) <laughs> All right, okay, Jeff. Well, we're gonna we're gonna fight through this, and and your voice doesn't sound too bad. So, what are we talking about today on the today? Podcast? We're
1: talking about the five signs that show you that you're a plasty pastor.
0: You're a plastic, like a, a Ken doll pastor. Yeah,
1: kind of like that. You know, plastic pastor. But I like to just shorten it and give it the moniker. Plasty pastor. Plasty
0: pastor. Okay, so that I assume this is not a compliment.
1: No, that is not a compliment. You don't mean
0: like a well sculpted.
1: No. No. In fact, one of my pet peeves in life are pastors who are plastic hence Plasty Pastors. Plasty Pastors. Yes. In fact, 24 short years ago when I was your age, Johnny, (laughs) when I was was a teeming 26 years old, my uncle died from a head-on collision. He had survived heart disease, he had survived cancer, and then somebody who was underage driving while drinking, didn't even have a license, hit him head-on, and he was wiped out at age 65. So My aunt, I was a pastor at the time, even though though I was only 26, my aunt wanted me to say a few things at the funeral. Sure. The funeral was going to be a Catholic funeral, so I had a few words at the church, and then when we went to the graveside, she wanted me to say a few things there. Sure. We get to the graveside, and I get out, and I walk to where the grave is, and I'm kind of between the grave and the hearse, and we're waiting for the big guy, the main priest, to show up up this guy was like six foot six the silver fox right (laughs) we were waiting for him to show up and i kind of felt bad because we're waiting and we're waiting and he's late and my poor aunt is in this limousine with her family and you know this is a tough spot nobody wants a situation yeah who wants to hang out hang out at a at a what are those things called Uh, cemetery yeah at a cemetery any longer than you have to so finally the guy shows up his big black cadillac comes tooling up the lane parks uh, where he finds a spot and he marches past the limousine where my where my aunt is says nothing to to anybody, uh, doesn't greet any of the family or ex- express condolences, comes up, stands next to me, I introduce myself to him, but when I tell him that I, my aunt wants me to say a few words, he looks down at me condescendingly and he says, keep it short, kid. Wow. And I thought to myself, you know what, pal, if my uncle, if my uncle could open the lid on this casket, <laughs> he would have you by the throat and in that casket with him so fast. <laughs> and, and this guy, you know, he did his deal, and I'm not, I don't mean to pick on... I'm picking on this guy. Not that he was a priest, because... I've seen a lot of sure. pastors, all kinds of denominations. Right, you know, they come wheeling in, they do their deal, they say their thing, they do their little shtick, and then they get out. Right, and they're the plasty pastors. And you've got people with real live needs, hurts, you know, concerns, feelings, situations, and they just kind of get they kind of get left behind when when the professional does his thing. Gotcha. So anyway, Johnny, take it away. What are some of the five ways that we might be able to tell if we're sinking? kind of close to that plasty pastorness
0: The first sign is that your spirituality is more professional than personal. And I kind of talked about this as turning your relationship with God into a career. I joke with people sometimes that I'm a professional Christian. As a joke, I, I never want that to actually become true. That somehow my faith, my relationship with uh, God, my spirituality has become a professional type calling card rather than something that I hold personally dear, dear. And so, you know that your spirituality is more professional than personal if uh, you prepare messages and lessons for others, but not for yourself. You're going to get up and you're going to speak, and everybody is going to be blessed, right, by this message, but it doesn't, it's not for you, and it doesn't apply to you. You end up praying more for others, but your own personal prayer life, your own desire to talk to God is waning, um, and, you know, it's just not there. And then finally, you live in the third person, always handling the Bible and biblical truth for someone else, and not for yourself. So when you read scripture, you're thinking about what type of sermons you can craft it into, not you know, allowing the Holy Spirit to do work in your own life and in your own heart and to uh, to determine what God is saying to you through scriptures.
1: This reminds me of the pastor who got up and said, "I'm a pastor and uh, I make a living through my calling, and I'm paid to be good. And you all are good for nothing."
0: You've met some great ministers in your life, Jeff. Well, that's
1: just that's just an, that's just an old joke.
0: Oh, okay, that's just
1: an old joke. But yeah, you know, when our spirituality is more professional than it is personal, we can we can sink into that plasticity. Sure. Um, you know the second the second way we can tell is that we spend too much time serving God and not enough time just simply. Seeking God or wanting to be with God or to just sit with God. So we prepare, uh, we're always preparing for the Sunday show. Uh, You know, that's probably not a good way to describe it. In fact, it reminds me of the Meet the Press uh, program that's on Sundays, and they always say at the end of the program if it's Sunday, it's Meet the Press. And I always think, no, if it's Sunday, it's church. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, but we prepare for the Sunday show, and uh, we, we're always preparing for the the morning sermon, the lessons, you know, whatever. We're, uh, our responsibilities are. We're always on call for others. We allow ourselves to be overwhelmed with the bottomless bottomlessness of ministry. In fact, when I type that word, that's a long word, bottomlessness. But that's descriptive of what ministry is because there's just no bottom to it. I mean, right. there's always stuff that we have to do, and uh, we're just spending a lot of time serving God, and we're beginning to be overwhelmed by that, and then we're just way out of balance in doing for God instead of being for God. The time that we're spending is spent serving God. We're kind of the we're kind of the Martha instead of the Mary,
0: and it makes me think of where Paul tells us, you know, present your body a living sacrifice. And, I, you know, if we're a living sacrifice, I, I don't think that that's necessarily work, 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 work. Mm. But it's but it's really offering up all of ourself, and that, that would be the being aspect of it, right? Just sitting with God, just spending time with God. As as we list these things, it's not bad to prepare a message. You know, it's not bad to uh, be on call for others. As, as pastors, you know, that's what we do. But when that becomes everything, that becomes the whole deal, like, yes, I'm Johnny, and I'm always on call for others, and I'm always preparing a great lesson— yeah then you start to become a plastic pastor.
1: And you know this kind of speaks to an area that we struggle with sometimes is pastors, do we get paid to serve God or do we get paid to be the kind of people that we need to be as pastors? We have a hard time accepting for ourselves the fact that we are getting paid to do more than just serve God. We're getting paid to be as well as to do. And I you know I say getting paid, but we're supported by our congregations to be the person that we need to Be as much as to do the things that we need to do because ultimately, you know, if we're not the person we need to be, it doesn't matter what we're doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the third sign that you're a, a Plasti pastor is you neglect cultivating the important relationships in your life. Um, you know, you neglect the relational side of yourself. This goes hand in hand with the first one, right? If you're always on call for others, but never building relationships with others. If you're always preparing the Sunday show, but not concerned about right mm-hmm. meeting and greeting with people after the show, you know, and really kind of drilling down into their lives. So we're we're neglecting our relationships with God, right? It's, a, it's it, The Bible becomes about preparation and, and we stop communing with God. We neglect our relationship with our spouse, with our kids, with our close friends, with the staff. And the staff, that's an easy one to start to neglect, to just create a business relationship with the other pastors, maybe that are on your staff, with your secretary, with your assistant. I mean, we had Ryan Purse last week, and this is not an issue for him. Right, (laughs) right. no staff. He's
1: never disagreed with himself (laughs) on the same day.
0: Right, so if you're listening, and you're solo. You know, then that that's not you as much. But you know, you're neglecting these relationships in your life and neglecting relationships with your congregation. And they become people that you come and speak to and that you serve, but not people that you love, not people that you get vulnerable with, and really people that you have a relationship with.
1: And this speaks to the fact that we're relational beings. That is the essence of who we are, is that first and foremost, we're relational beings. And ministry is relationship. In fact, this past weekend uh, on Sunday, because I wasn't feeling well, and I've never done this before, but I just showed up, I just showed up in the service exactly at the time. In fact, you were telling me you were a little nervous. I was. Because the what was going on just before I got up there to There was speak? some
0: special music and the, the, the platform was empty uh, except for the person performing the special music. It was a beautiful piano piece and uh, she got done And she started walking down the stairs and I was at the back of the sanctuary by the sound booth and I leaned over to the sound guy and I said, I think I'm going to have to go up there. That was nowhere in sight. Right. Jeff was not, Jeff was
1: nowhere to be seen. Well, I communicated that I would be there for the preaching time. Right, you remember that? Yeah, I, I, I thought you fell asleep the, the preaching time. <laughs> so I was in. I was just behind the door, but I came out and um, you know let people know I wasn't feeling well, and that's yeah. why it was a let. And then when I was done, I walked back the same way, the back way, back to my house, and I never spoke to a person. That was such that was so weird of a Sunday for me because there was absolutely zero relationality to it. You know, there was no relationship at all with the people because you really can't count. Standing on a platform and speaking to a couple hundred people as, you know, relationship. No. I mean and- it's it's part of it, but You've got to have you've got to have that other part too, where you're actually talking to people, touching people, and communicating with people. Absolutely. The fourth way that you can tell that you're a plastic pastor is that you don't deal with the resentment and anger and bitterness growing within you because of what you perceive as ministry's incessant demands on you. Because we we begin to think, man, you know, there's just so much, so many things I have to do, and there's so many requirements of me, and I, you know, I never have downtime, and and really we're putting all this stuff on ourselves, we perceive them as ministries incessant demands when they're just the demands that we've allowed to pile up. And we begin to get resentful and anger and, uh, and bitter over it. So a lot of the things that we do reach the level of Last straw, you know. Oh man, I just found out I got to do. Oh, somebody's in the hospital. I got to go visit them, or you know, somebody called and they need this report, or I got to get this thing to the, you know, to the church office for the bulletin, and it's just the last straw. And everything becomes the last straw. That's a little hint that maybe you you need to say no to a few things. Yeah,
0: this also shows up when you allow yourself to think that your negative and destructive feelings are justified. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, it's not bad to feel, right? It's, it's not bad to experience those types of emotions. But when you've not cultivated relationships with others, you can't talk it out anymore. You've lost the ability to go and talk it out, to go work it out with people. And you're going to just get stuck in your own mind. And you're going to feel like those feelings are justified. And then uh, you begin to resent your responsibilities and your deadlines. But you're not moving anything off the pile. You're just angry that it all has to fall on you in the first place. All the joy that you had when you went into being a pastor is kind of gone. You just feel burdened now all the time. And uh, the It's joy a duty. That, yeah, it's a duty. And I think that as pastors, all of us got into this because we loved it. All of us got into this because it gave us joy to pastor people. Um, and when it becomes a burden and a duty... I mean, that's a great sign that you've become a plastic pastor. Jeff, you have a you have a friend who who had a situation like this in his church.
1: Yeah, he was serving with a pastor for fifteen years and, and it ended up it ended up going down in flames. And this guy was so bitter and so resentful at my friend who was a senior pastor at the church. Uh, and it just turned you know, it, it devolved into this shouting match. But here was a guy who just never really dealt with all of these things that were great growing inside of him, and then all of a sudden, they just, in the last few months, they just all exploded, and it really, the whole thing went down in flames. Yeah,
0: that's, uh, don't allow yourself to go down that road, you know, find somebody to talk to, and, and you know, work through that stuff in relationship. And so the fifth sign that you are becoming, or you are a plastic pastor, is your personal relationship with God, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is becoming rote and dead, and so your prayers have become rehearsed, rote, it's void of a sense of God's presence with you, his love for you your prayer time and devotion time is a duty you know it's not a joy it goes back to this whole idea of these things becoming tasks that we have to do and you talk more about god to others than you talk yourself to him and now this as soon as i as soon as i read this one i felt convicted um because this is an area i struggle with that I, i i talk a lot about god i get out there and i get up there and you know in my conversations i talk a lot about god But in my own prayer time, am I really taking all of my concerns to God? Am I taking the concerns that other people are giving me to God? Am I talking about him more than I'm talking to him?
1: To be fair, these things are things that every pastor is going to struggle with every single pastor. There is no pastor who hasn't struggled with every one of these things because this is just an occupational hazard. Our spirituality can become more professional than personal. We spend more time serving God than just loving God. We neglect to cultivate important relationships in our lives. We don't deal with the feelings of anger and bitterness. And then our our personal relationship with God, it just suffers. So these are things that you know if you haven't dealt with any of them yet, it's just because you haven't been paying attention. you know if you've been in ministry for more than a month you're going to deal with we're <laughs> going deal with some of this stuff to some degree or it's another true, but yeah, here are some things as we talk through this. How do you get yourself back into your own skin? How, how do you, you get you, the
0: blood pumping again? yeah
1: how do you get out of that plastic roll so the and this this may sound simplistic here, but remember the first and second greatest commandments love God and love others. And our vision statement at our church is authentic relationships with God and others 24-7. Authentic relationships. Again, it's all about relationships. It's all about our relationship with God that informs and drives our relationship with others. So we got it. We, often when we're having problems, if we go back to the fundamentals that is usually going to set us in the right direction.
0: Yeah, and John Maxwell loves to tell the story of Vince Lombardi, right? The Packers mm-hmm. coach who, who uh, they lost a game, you know, who knows why football teams lose games, but they lost a game, they kind of came in demoralized, they came into practice the next day, he sat them all down, and he, he picked up a football, and he said, This is a football and, and everybody's kind of like, you know, laughing. But what he's saying is we're going back to the basics here, guys. Yeah. We're getting too complicated. Things are kind of spiraling out of control. It's time to remember, like, this is a football. And,
1: and for the basics for us is God is. Right. I mean, that's the basis, ba- basic for us. Yes. God is, God is real, and what am I going to do about it?
0: Right. Love so, God, love others, right.
1: So what are some other ways, Johnny, we can get away from being plastic? Well,
0: we need to start to think and live relationally. And if you're if you're an introverted person, this will be more difficult for you, but it, it's so, so important. Find someone, your spouse, a friend, another pastor in town, a counselor, somebody, and start to, start to recultivate those relational skills of vulnerability, right? Of being able to open up, of being able to share problems, of being able to share thoughts and experiences. Open up and then gradually... Widen the circle. Keep widening the circle of people that you're being relational with, that you're trusting, that you're that you're creating these bonds with. This is gonna make such a huge difference. It's gonna brighten everything about you when you're surrounded by people who you can talk with, who you can share with. That's just gonna make you real in a whole different way.
1: And you know, when we first start out sometimes as pastors, we think that we we have to we think and live our role. We think and live the fact that we're a pastor. Right. And we think and live structurally. You know, the structure of our church, the structure of our services. You know, we start to think and live in those in those ways when we have to think and live relationally. You know, another way is to think and live with God in the first person instead of in the third person. You know, we're talking instead of talking about him, let's talk to him about us and let's have him talk to us. So think and live with God in the first person. What's another way, Johnny?
0: Well, another thing is stop doing everything you don't need to do you have a lot of things on your desk that you were doing just because you forgot to stop doing them yeah because at one point you started and now you just have to keep on maintaining
1: and nobody ever told you to stop doing it so right. you're just still doing it And so you do it. You have to stop doing everything that you don't need to do. After all, if you don't need to do it, why are you doing it?
0: That's right. And, you know, there's going to be duties. There's going to be things that don't give you goosebumps about ministry sometimes, but not all of it. (laughs) Don't do all those little duties that drive you crazy, that take your joy, uh, that that ruin the job for you, that ruin the relationship for you. Stop doing those things. Do what you need to do, and that's it.
1: You know, and the leadership development gurus would say— you have to make a not-to-do list. That's basically what that is, a not-to-do list. It's just as important as a to-do list. And then the last thing is don't teach or preach anything you can't or aren't living. Now, that almost seems impossible, and maybe it is to a certain degree, but broad brushstroke, rule of thumb, don't teach or preach anything that you can't or aren't living. Because when we begin to get comfortable, more and more comfortable, talking about things that we ourselves don't live, that in itself is a slippery slope toward plasticity as a pastor.
0: Absolutely, you know, if we're going to get up and we're going to tell our people, maybe it's teens for you, adults, whoever it is. If we're going to tell them something, if we're going to encourage them in some way or challenge them in some way, and then we we aren't accepting that challenge for ourselves, that's the sign that something needs to change. You know, we need to be challenged first and foremost when we're preparing um, our messages and when we're preparing those challenges. We can't expect people to follow where we're not willing to lead.
1: So. Our encouragement to you today is don't be a plastic pastor. Don't be the plasty pastor because ultimately people aren't moved. People aren't changed. People aren't really ministered to by somebody like that. They're, They're ministered to by somebody who is real, who is authentic, who has a relationship with them. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the 200 Churches Podcast. Remember, the leadership that you provide in your 200 church, it matters huge in the kingdom of God.